Nathan Curry was 13 years old, five foot two, and barely weighed 100 pounds. He and his family had uh, come to America escaping war-torn uh, Liberia in West Africa. They were in uh, Minneapolis, uh, where they had been settled, escaping uh, not only the war, but seeking religious freedom. And there his mother was working as a maid in a hotel, but she lost her job. And in order to find a new job, she went to Philadelphia, where uh, her, uh, some other family of theirs was living, to seek a new job and a new beginning. And while there, Naden, well, at five foot two, a hundred pounds, he was the perfect target for a bully. And one day, outnumbered seven to one, Naden was beaten for 20 plus minutes. And one of those smart bullies uh, took out his phone and, while they were beating him, recorded it and posted it on Facebook. <laughs> and the result was those seven who beat Naden were arrested. H had that recording not happened, Naden probably would have continued to be beaten, you know, going forward. Well, there's more to the story because a producer on the TV show The View heard about this uh, event, and she invited Naden to come and to be on the show. But unbeknownst to him, she also invited three of the players from uh, the Philadelphia Eagles football team to appear on the show as well. And there, all-pro wide receiver Deshaun Jackson spoke to Naden and said this, Naden, I'm here for you, man, anytime you need me. And then in full view of everyone, he gave him his personal cell phone number. You know what? Bullies think twice when you've got an all-pro football player on your speed dial. Well, you and I, we also have our fair share of bullies. And the fact is, matter of fact, we have them literally, like maybe we did when we were growing up, but I'm talking about a different kind of bully. Sin and shame, guilt and blame. But my friends, Jesus says in John 8:44 that the biggest bully of all is that liar, that great liar, the one who is the father of lies. Jesus even calls him a murderer. And we know him. We know him as the devil. We know him as Satan. And we know that he continually comes at us and attacks us, and we end up running. But when he catches us, he not only you know, beats on us with his lies, he rubs our faces then in our messes. His goal? To destroy us. And so we run, and we run some more, and we keep running. And that is why God sent a man named John the Baptist. Here's what our reading about John's mission says. There was a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness concerning that light, so that through him all people might believe. John the Baptist is on a mission, but it's not about him. This mission is about the light. 
Behold, he said, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John's witness is not to somehow point you know, to himself. It's not about him. It's about pointing to the one who would come, the one who would defeat and beat up this bully who attacks us over and over. So in the reading we have, it says this, John's witness is so that through him, Christ, all people might believe. This is the first use of the word believe in John's gospel, and it occurs in 96 more times. This is the goal of John's gospel. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Truth is, we're all on the run from that bully. Satan is chasing us with his lies, his seductions, his temptations. He's telling us we're not worthy. He tells us we don't have value. He tells us, you know, God won't love you, can't love you. That bully is after us. John's mission it is to witness so that we believe the light. And Jesus even referred to himself then as that light in John 8 when he says, I am the light of the world, the one who scatters the darkness. John's message. Listen again from our reading. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every person was coming into the world. John's message is simple. He's not the light. He is only the messenger. I am not Christ, he says in John 1.20. And John goes on to say, I'm not Elijah, I'm not a prophet, I'm not even worthy to untie the sandals of his feet. No wonder John says in chapter 3, I must decrease that he may increase. It's not about John. It's about the Savior. I don't know about you, but when uh, the evil one, the bully that we're talking about, the liar is rubbing my face in my sin, my shame, my guilt, my blame, too often, I look elsewhere for help. I, I might look to other people. I might look to, you know, somehow my, you know, service to the Lord. I might look to things I've done, things I've accomplished. I might, you know, look to certain roles I hold or positions. But that does me no good. These are, you know, certainly blessings from God, but these are not the light. There is only one true light in the world who can defeat my demons and darkness. John's message, that light, it's Jesus. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. It is this Jesus, true God, true man, who fights the bully 
in John, there's just one exorcism. Even in the other Gospels, we have multiple casting out of demons, but in John, there's only one. And this is what it says. Now the prince of this world is cast out. That's kind of called one and done. Jesus defeated him. Jesus cast him out. And when is that prince cast out? John 8.32 tells us, when the Son of Man is lifted up on the cross, Jesus fights for you. And Jesus fights for your loved ones. Jesus fights for your salvation, for your restoration, for that final resurrection. But it seems that the odds sometimes are against us, doesn't it? Do you have friends that are against you? Do you have a, a body that seems to be against you? A neighbor that's against you? Your health is against you? Jesus fights. Jesus fights for the use of the world. When I uh, spoke that out loud this morning to myself, I heard it two ways. I heard it, thank you, Lord, you're fighting for me. I hear it, Lord, thank you, you're fighting for all of your children. But then I heard the word you, E-W-E. He fights for all his little lambs. Jesus fights and Jesus wins over that bully. And my friends, that includes you and me. He fights Satan for us, and he defeats him for us. It happened on that God-forsaken cross and through that empty grave. And my friends, that day is coming when Jesus will destroy Satan. Jesus even gives you and me his number. 1-800-B-I-B-L-E. Yesterday, when I was uh, doing some work in the yard and thinking about a few things, and what a wonderful reminder that I had that, you know, when I begin to be tempted, I need to have a plan in place. Because if not, it's very easy just to find yourself stuck there thinking maybe you have no alternative. Two that I try to draw upon. One is I reach in my pocket and I grab out that uh, coin that has uh, Philippians 6 on it about put on the armor of God. That I don't stand there in my own strength, but I stand in his. The other is go open my Bible app and my phone. Start reading Scripture. Let God speak to me. Let Him pour into me. Let Him be my defender. Let Him, you know, push out of my life. Satan, the bully, the one who attacks. John 15 says, John's witness concerning him, he cries out saying, this is he of whom I said, he who comes after me, he has surpassed me because he was before me. Both verbs there, 
witness and cries out are present. God mandates that John keeps witnessing and crying out. It's that urgent. I have uh, had echoing in my mind for a number of years now that verse from chapter 3, verse 30, where he says, I must decrease that he, Christ, must increase. And I wonder how true that is in most of our lives. That we need to get out of the way. Somehow we are allowing ourselves to, you know, be the focus, or, or we're not at least stepping aside to say, no, no, this is the one who receives the honor. This is the one who fights for you. This is the one. I must decrease that he would increase. Friends, John's task is now our task. As those who is, are defended by the Lord himself, now we continue to proclaim this witness, to point others to him, the one who takes away the sin of the world. I know a number of you have uh, dogs. I've been in many of your homes, and I've encountered them, and many of them have loved me and sent me home with a nice pile of fur, and I don't mind it at all. But I also know the behavior of dogs because I've always had dogs in my life. And every once in a while, particularly the current dog, if we'd take her out and somehow she would get away from us, you know, we'd go chasing after her. And what do we do? Stop! <laughs> Sit! It doesn't work very well right now as she's losing her hearing at uh, nearing 15. But even when she could, and I'd yell those words, she'd sometimes just keep running. But finally she had, you know, realized I'm there and I'm not giving up and she had stopped and then we'd have a stare down. And I think that dog knew she had two options. One, either she could stay there and let me, you know, put the leash back on her or, you know, pick her up and take her back in the house or she could run. And you know what most often she does? Muffin runs. And i got to tell you, that's probably where many of us often are. We're being pursued by the bully, the great liar, the great deceiver, Satan himself. He's coming at us and he's throwing at us all of these things, all of these areas that he somehow has come to know are our weak places. And we just keep running and we keep running. But guess what? You can stop. I can stop. We can stop running because he has been defeated. We can stop and we can look, my friends, into the eyes of that great, the strongest one of all, Jesus, and know that he's got our back and the bully has been defeated. May we rejoice today and may we celebrate that indeed, through Jesus Christ and him alone, we are victors and we await with confidence and joy his coming. Amen.